Stella. We have Bruce live in the locker room and Tallahassee celebrating on the field with the Flores dance. And, and I don't know why, like, we were able to run the ball so well in the first half, to, especially to the left side, and then all of a sudden we started to abandon it. And like I said, it, there is some inconsistency. How are they going to approach this game? How are they going to beat this Florida State team? Well, we're going to break you guys. Um, and, and okay, I, that's it. The show's over. In, 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 in the story, we're going to break you guys. Look, I, I, I'm joking, but it's Lord, the climb, the climb continues, KD. Oh my okay. God! I am sweating. I am... Look, look at my heart. Look, I, I, look, I, I, look, look, look. You know what? Yeah, I, I have so much to say. All right, and welcome back to another episode of Seminole Sideline 365. As always, I am KB, and with me sometimes is the old man. How's it going? Last time we saw you Great. on Saturday, you were you shut down the live stream because you accidentally pressed end stream when you were doing something. In the is that what happened? <laughs> yes, you tried to break into the stream and you somehow ended it. So you know, thank you for doing that. You know what, KB? You know what? Accountability is is big. Is oh, big and, and you're right. I did hit end stream because I thought it was just ending mine and it ended the tail end of the show. So uh hopefully any viewers there there was a sudden out, and I'll take responsibility for that. You're exactly right. I was wondering what the hell happened when I went back and reviewed the show. But listen, what a great game that was. What a great dynamic. It was the stands, a massive crowd, sellout, the new light show there. Uh, yeah. I, I've got some things. If nobody's ever seen it, uh, it, it's amazing. They actually will turn off the lights during the game when there's a TV timeout. The light show goes on. Everybody had their camera lights on. You know, yeah. it, it was amazing. What a game. I know we'll talk about that a little bit later in this show, you know, about my reactions to it. You gave yours. I'll give mine a little bit later in the show. But I know we've got more important ground to cover. Yeah, absolutely. So we got, as, as the thumbnail says, we want to talk about the latest in the coaching carousel because as the big news broke over this weekend, Jimbo Fisher got the massive buyout, the biggest buyout in college football history uh, when he what took home $75 million worth of free money. And uh, he'll be able to do whatever the hell he wants for the life. Well, he, covered, he already could do whatever the hell he wants for the rest of his life, but now he really can do He could buy a small island if he wanted to. Um, but we want to discuss that. And in the rumors around, you know, obviously on, on Texas hot board is, is Mike Carvel. And we'll discuss why that would be rumored. And you're already in trouble. One comment came in an hour early to our show. And like I said, I, I don't really care because I think it's interesting. And that's why I'm going to discuss it. Cause I think it's interesting. Um, yeah. yeah and this where magic says, why are we talking about going to Aguilar? Because it's interesting. I'm going to discuss it. Well, and I'm it, it why it, I think it's so why I think it could happen. Why I don't think it will happen. And that's why we do the show. We discuss all the hypotheticals, what they could be, what they can't be. But it's all about people's opinions. Because some people, I bet some people will text saying, yeah, think it's a done deal. It could definitely happen. I know there's a lot of Florida State fans 
don't want to happen. They're all wishing to happen. But when there's this much money, when you have, we're not talking about a, a Washington state. We're not talking about a Oregon state vacancy. We're talking about Texas A&M, which is a program, like you saw, has a S ton of money that they can offer to anybody. You're talking about Jimmy Sexton, the agent who is like covert ops, who can figure out how to get coaches from point A to point B without anybody knowing it. So that's why there's these intangible factors that are that are happening behind the scenes that scares me about this whole situation. So when you have a lot of money involved with a big time university and you have Jimmy Sexton involved, that's the part that scares me. That's why I want to kind of discuss it. Not that I don't, not that I think this is going to happen. I just think it's interesting. Whenever there's a big time job coming like this, it's worth much, it's worth discussing, uh, especially. And the good part for Florida State is, is you have a coach that people want. This is two years ago where people thought Mike Norvell may not be the coach of Florida State anymore because he was going to get fired. People at Florida State were asking for his job two years ago when he was going into five wins, right? Now you have a coach that actually is rumored to be going, maybe taking another step up, which I don't think it's a step up to go to Texas A&M. I think Florida State is a top five program, but that that's how this whole thing has flipped over, right? You know, people thought he would be gone, and now people, big time programs want him. So I think it's a good position to be in. Now, I, you you know, that. KB, KB, that's a great way to kick this thing off. Now. Put that other comment back up there for a minute. Hey, uh, Wendy Lack, what, what, why would you even talk about it? You've already addressed that. So, Minister of Magic, if you're out there listening, we're going to address it more. And, you know, what are you, superstitious? Is that what that type of comment is? Why would we discuss it? Because it's relevant to college football today. That's why it's relevant. And it's very relevant to Florida State. And I'm going to give you – I'm going to give you a couple of reasons. There's so many, and you touched on it, KB. Agent, sports agent, Jimmy Sexton. He is the almost the guru of college coaches. Everybody wants to be on his account, okay? And guess who he represents too? Jimbo Fisher. He yep. represents Jimbo Fisher. He represents Mike Norvell. He represents some of the other top college coaches in this country. Okay, which I will say are semi pro ball coaches. Now, that's basically what they are. And this thing, we could do a very lengthy show just on this alone. And and we're going to try to keep it condensed. But, you know, is this is this who he represents all of these guys? No, no, this is just the top. Okay, okay. But you know what? There's probably a number of these guys on here. We haven't researched that out uh, that he does represent. He is a tough agent. He and you said 11 of the 14 SEC head coaches. Yeah. You said 11 of the 14 right. SEC coaches he represents. Now, there is a lot of information here. I've got notes everywhere. And so I'm going to push out what I feel like I need to push out. Okay. And it may be organized, it may not. Now, here is a, a, a tw- uh, an X, a Twitter X that went out about an hour ago from a guy named Henry at Seminole for Life 22. And I tend to agree what Henry had to say. Quote, Norvell has a case of why the SEC would be a good fit for him. He says, because of more money, more support, a bigger buyout, coach in the SEC, and a bigger fan base. Very interesting comments. Literally all the reasons, this is what Henry says, literally all the reasons FSU fans want when they are begging to join the SEC or the Big Ten without invitation. 
And that makes some sense because this is what's going to happen. You and I have covered this before, KB. Yeah. If Florida State or a Clemson or a Miami can't get out of this ACC thing quickly or in the next couple of years, they're going to fall so far behind in the financial areas that these coaches will use will use the ACC as a stepping stone to one of these mega conferences, which the ACC will not be and will not be able to compete. So these coaches, including Mike Norvell, and, and let me say this and I'll shut up, including Mike Norvell, there's no doubt in my mind that he, he and or his agent, Jimmy Sexton, have had conversations, likely Jimmy Sexton, with Texas A&M about his availability or his desires for the future. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And a question was posed at the end of practice on Monday, at the end of the interview with Coach Norvell. It was poorly phrased, poorly phrased question, and he went on a rant a little bit, not a rant, but, okay, but it wasn't related deflected. to the he coaching. deflected it. He the question should have been asked this way, and I pushed it out on Twitter. It should have been asked, Coach Norvell, have you or Agent Jimmy Sexton been in contact with Texas AM or any other university that holds open a head coaching vacancy? Then he would have had to react to a very direct and relevant question. The question that was asked, which was amazing to me, should have been asked up front. It was asked at the very end, and he deflected it without committing to an answer, which told me, and his behavior was not good, told me there has been contact, and it's likely through his agent. Okay? No doubt about that. And guess what? Guess what, KB? It's the normal thing to do. He shouldn't have to hide from this fact, but he's such a positive guy that's very vague in his comments. He's never going to confirm anything like that, obviously. But it's the normal thing that is happening in college semi-pro ball these days. And guess what? How many openings are out there? Texas A&M, good job. Boise State. Not as good a job as Florida State. Not that Florida State is a great job. Boise State's open. Mississippi State, he's not going there. San Diego State, he's not going there. Michigan State's out there. Northwestern's out there. They're Big Ten teams. Yeah, these Texas A&M right and Mississippi State are SEC. So if a coach, be it Norvell or anybody, is looking to get to those prime fruit trees there in the Big Ten or SEC. There are four jobs right now open. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think you made a lot of good points. I, I think, you know, why a lot of people aren't worried and why I don't think they should be worried is because, you know, some people still have PTSD of Jim, uh, Jimbo leaving after what he had built at Fuller State. And obviously the circumstances are a little bit different. The only, the only commonality they really have right now is that they do share the same agent. But the the different the circumstances are a lot different from where they they currently are, right? Mike Norvell's about to potentially go to the college football playoffs with Florida State, having been through the mud with having to rebuild this program from where it was with Willie Taggart and from from where kind of Jimbo Fisher left it. So you have that. 
then you have, you know, you have very close alignment with the AD. That is something that Jimbo Fisher did not feel like he had previously with Florida State. They did not feel like he was working in it. He didn't feel like he had an investment. He didn't feel like he had buy-in into facilities, stuff like that, which is the thing he quoted in terms of why he wanted to go to Texas A&M is because he would have everything he needed to be successful. Well, turns out it wasn't. He, he's just not a very good coach, eventually. But that was one of the reasons. He didn't feel like he had, was getting the investment from the university, from the AD, all, all the buy-in. We want facilities. We want practice only facilities. We want all that stuff. Well, Florida State now with Michael Alford, they are working hand-in-hand to improve this program. And I think that's very close to like the president, Richard McCullough, very hand-in-hand. They are looking to be proactive about the ACC situation. They've admitted that staying in the ACC is, is a death wish for this program. If they stay in the ACC, they know they've said that. Mike Norvell hasn't had to say it. The AD, the president, have said this will put Florida State behind other top-tier programs if we stay in the ACC. So it's not like Mike Norvell has had this hidden fear within it that says, if I don't move to the SEC now, I may be stuck in an uncompetitive league for years to come because of this contract. No, the AD and president have been, they have come forth and are in line with them and saying those things out loud. So it's a shared thing. It's a shared fear. They're in it together. It's not like it's something he has to think by himself and feel like there's nobody, there's no one has his back in, in this battle. So I think that's another positive. The other thing is, is that they, Florida State extended him even coming off that five-win season, right? They doubled down on him and they said, we think you're building this program the right way. We know the battle that you had to go through. And they they gave him an extension, I believe, off of that yes, five-win season that bumped his salary up to around $8 million per year. He's still not the top one of the top five or I don't think the top 10 paid coaches, but they doubled down on him when things were, you know, weren't a 10-win season yet, right? They, they said, we want to stick with you. They extended him and I think they re-extended him. So they've shown commitment to him much unlike that we saw towards the end of Jimbo Fisher's uh, uh, tenure at Florida State. So I think these are all positive things as to why would why would Mike Norvell, after all he's been through to rebuild his program, to work with the leaders at Florida State, why would he even consider going somewhere else? Why would okay. he have want to reestablish everything? Plus, he's finally got the recruiting engine going he's got a top right. class right now right he's building the roots out so he's got the portal engine going we know that we've seen the results there but now he's got the connections in south florida okay. and he's got the the engine rolling there he's got the coaches he wants and I, it, I that's why i think so many people are like why are you talking but that's the reason why if this if cir- circumstances were different if it if he didn't have the buy-in from the the, the leadership team at florida State, if he didn't have that alignment with them i think this offer of more money for, you know, all those things could look great, but I think there's so much alignment between him, the AD, the president, and everything he's built. The, everything is just running in the right direction. That it, I don't think there's many factors on that text. Am check, now, here, here, I, I agree with just about everything you said. Um, here, I think, is the main point that I pulled out of what you said. And I believe this could be the issue is. Where does Florida State stand on their departure from the ACC? Based on all the reasons in previous shows, what we've talked about, how important it is on the trajectory of the financial system. How, where does that stand? If you were Coach Norvell and Jimmy Sexton, wouldn't you want to have a conversation with AD Mike Alford and the president of the university to say, 
what is the future here? Where do we stand? Yeah. You know, pardon my asking, but where do we stand on Florida State leaving the ACC? I don't know. What would be reasonable, KB, in the next two years, three years? I, I think it has to be because you're about to go from a power five to a power four, the Pac-10, Pac-12 dead next year. Yeah. And that's so, going to shrink. That's going to accelerate the shrinkage to, to two conferences. You're you know? in the business world yourself. Don't you want to know the future of a company? Is it expanding? Is it getting more powerful? Or is it just kind of in neutral because of contracts? And in this case, the ACC is locked in supposedly to a contract to 2038, is it? Something like that? 30 something, 36, 38, yeah. Okay, so for me, if Mike Norvell... This won't, listen, let's be honest here. If a guy is going to jump, if a guy's going to go jump, this is one of those big windows. Why? You've got two 10-win seasons in a row. You potentially are going to win the ACC championship for win number 11 and then go to the playoffs, okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. And you're losing, you're starting, three-year quarterback, okay, who's a Heisman candidate, you're losing potentially some other key pieces to the puzzle where the next year or two may not be 10 wins. It may not get you to the playoffs, even though it's expanded. So, it listen, anybody who says, oh, you guys shouldn't even be talking about this, they're so superstitious, it makes me sick to even to even bring it up. This is relevant news. It's breaking type news. And I think this, if Norvell stays, if he stays, he has to risk. He has to risk that over the next two years that he's going to be able to maintain this machine or he could lose some credibility. Because you know, and I know, coaching credibility can go out. Okay. It has nothing now, to do with credibility. It has no, nothing no, to do with no. it has you about how can they grow the program. It has nothing to do with listen, credibility. That's listen, long phrase. what long I'm phrase. saying is if we were to fall on any hard times, you lose that, that window. I think he's going to have future windows. He's a young coach, and he could say, based on the conversation from Florida State, if they tell him, listen. We've got a plan. We're going to be leaving the ACC here in the next two to three years for almost 95% or 100%. Stick with us, and we're getting out, and we know where we're going. I think that okay. could be yes. the key, okay. whether he stays okay. or he doesn't. Okay. Yeah, I think you took a long time to say that. So I agree with you. Well, do you he agree needs- with what I said or not? Yes. Yes, but you could have said that in two sentences. I agree. He needs to use this moment, and I think – as every coach would, this is a moment of leverage for Mike Norvell. He's had two very successful seasons, two 10-win seasons. I think Miami hasn't had two 10-win seasons in a row for 20 years. So he knows what he's doing is powerful. He's got Florida State, you know, by the tail again. He could, one, leverage more money out of them. That's one thing, too. Well, that's going to so happen. By not that is, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. By not outright saying no, I am not going anywhere. He hasn't said that. He hasn't said no. He said it's a special he did program. Not say no. no, he is. But behavior he wasn't but good. He shouldn't. That's no, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. He's, players getting paid. Everyone's getting paid. If you're in his position, you're not a top five paid coach. You're going. I you agree. Potential to go to playoff. I agree. He should. He's going to leverage this position from. I agree. Money. I agree. The second thing is, like you said, 
I would want to talk to Mike Alford and to the eight, uh, Mike Alford, the president, Richard McCullough, and say, what, what does our path look like? Because we are legally locked into this contract. Are we going to, can we pay our way up? What is it? Because we, we had the episodes, we had all the podcasts, everything was talking about, we're about what the big announcement is going to come October. It's going to come in February earlier. Florida State's going to announce they're leaving. It hasn't happened. So I would want to know from Mike, you know, from those two men, from the lawyers too, do we actually have a way out of this? Is there a way we can pay to get out? Is there venture debt available? What yeah. is the plan? Because what if is there the is plan? no plan, if there right. is no plan, right. then that may force my hand to say, I, I don't, you know, Florida State can't is not going to be able to attract or have the money to attract the power, the type of athletes we need in three years because the revenue gap will be so large. You know, right now we're in a good position. We're in the fine position because it's semi, it, you know, you're still behind, but you have the brand power. But in three years, when that gap widens and widens and widens, you may have a nine or 10 win season. But when NIL is so much of so powerful, you won't be able to outbid other programs during those top two conferences anymore, right? And Norvell knows that. Exactly. And so that's where I would want to know what is the timeline. I want to see. I don't want just words of encouragement. I want the timeline. I've done my job on the field. I produced the 10-win seasons. I brought the program back to where it needs to be. Now you show me how we're getting to a power conference. How are we getting a seat at one of those two tables? Show me it. Pay me my money. And let's keep going. That's what I would. If I was him, that's what I would be doing. I think it's the most, for Norvell, I think it's the most relevant question for him and his agent to discuss with Florida State. Okay? I really believe this. Okay? I don't think Norvell's going anywhere. And I think if he doesn't go anywhere, I think that's a good sign that there are some things going on behind the scenes about continuing to leave the ACC. There are no insider giving information on anything on this. And so uh, I think I think that's kind of where we are. I believe Norvell will stay. He's built a machine here and he can continue to build it. And I think he'll stay unless he gets a bad feeling that he's not going to he's not going to be able to get the support he needs. Yeah, the betting odds right now are at five percent, implied probability at five percent. So once again, I don't think he's going. I think he's built too much at the program to leave. He's got it in a fantastic place. Why, you know, why would you want to throw away all that work unless there is something under the covers that we don't see, which I don't think we see. We see the alignment with the leadership. We see the investment from the boosters, from NIL. Everything he has helped build with the leadership alignment is fantastic. And like you said, because of all those factors, this is not like a Jimbo Fisher situation years ago. And that's why I don't think he will leave. But it's worth discussing because if for some reason these other coaches don't work out, because as you can see from the chart up here of, of the odds, you know, there isn't the most attractive, you know, there's some good names on here. But Texas A&M doesn't want to swing, you know, strike out twice. So when there's a lot of money on the table, things can happen, right? When there's millions and mil- hundreds of millions of dollars potentially at stake here, shit can happen, guys. That that's the only. But I, yeah, I you I, know what, I would say five percent is five percent really is the probability. KB, like, yeah, KB. I think again, I think Texas A&M does find Mike Norvell very appealing. Okay, because. I don't know if you listen to it. I listen to it, and I I would recommend our fans listen to it. 
Listen to the AD at Texas A&M when they announced, uh, I think it was on Sunday when they announced that Jimbo Fisher was out. If you listen to that, did you listen to it? I didn't listen, no. Okay, you got to listen to it. It lays it all out. And you talk about big money, big finances, how college semi-pro ball here is going to operate in the future. He lays it out. He is not fooling around. It's all business. And he laid out what they're looking for. Every characteristic that he laid out, I was thinking, does that fit Mike Norvell? Does that fit not? Every one of them fit Mike Norvell. So there is is a program builder. There is no doubt. There is no doubt that they are in contact. And Mike Norvell did not want to get caught in a lie to say he might not have talked to anybody, but his agent has. And that's the question that should have been asked by the inside pressers there. And it was not when the, when the uh, war chant guy asked the question, he didn't phrase it properly. It was poorly worded. And it didn't get uh, uh, the reaction that we yeah. needed. But it, but I get it for my. T- it's a tough situation. You're trying to get keep your team focused. You're trying to close out with Brittany Strong. You're trying to keep your team focused on of course ACC. Of like course. it's a. It, um, you don't want to say that. Like you said, you don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to. Keep and I am not criticizing team. just yeah. to criticize. I Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell. Nothing wrong. He has Mike Norvell always answers in very vague things uh, after a game. About players, he's very positive in his approach to think. He's well-schooled. He knows how to handle interviews, all right? And I'm not trying to criticize media people, but I've said this for a long time. We, the media guys aren't asking good, direct, relevant questions. Maybe the Florida State doesn't allow that. And if they don't allow that, the media people should push back. And you know what? This question should be asked again, potentially. I think now the media guys on FSU have shut down. Well, we asked it. He deflected it. And that's the end of it. All right. So based on everything we talked about, what percentage chance would you say out there that floor? Like I say it's at this 5%. I think the 5% is the realistic number, like the odds makers have it. I think there's too many factors on Florida State's side. Uh, Yeah, I I don't see any chance that Mike Norvell would even – I think he's, like you said, listened to the conversation from the station and said, nope, I'm good. But he listened to it, which he should have. I don't think there's any chance in hell this happens. But Yeah, I, I think Mike Norvell will stay. I Absolutely. hope he stays. We think he's a great coach. We think he's a great fit. He's built a wonderful yeah. culture here. He's yeah. got the machine running at high rev. and But we cannot discount in the business world that if a large sum of money and a large support came with it, and his ambition is to get to a mega conference, he might take it and give his apologies to the fan base and everything else. But you don't know what's going to happen here. Well, and that's the we same don't thing. know what's going to happen. We didn't think no, Jimbo Fish would leave at any point and he left. But I, I, like I said, totally different situations, totally different situations, so I don't want to compare them. But – I agree. When there's a lot of money on the line, things can things can uh, change. And, and um, but it's a good situation to be in because two years ago, like I said again, people didn't think he would be back potentially because coming off Listen. a three-win and a five-win season, people wanted his head. Some FSU fans wanted him gone, and now big-time programs want him. So it's a good position Listen. to be in if Listen. you're Florida State, right? KB. Your coach is wanted. Every year, he will be mentioned 
for jobs. Yeah, yeah. Jobs open up. His name will be Absolutely. mentioned. Absolutely. And if Florida State cannot move forward, you know, to get out of this ACC thing, he's going to fall. He knows the curve. He knows the financial curve. He will eventually take one of those jobs. He'd be a fool not to take one of those jobs. I, under plan, right? I understand it. Yeah. And we shouldn't, we're not criticizing Coach Norvell for listening, for his agent listening to offers out okay. there. Yeah. And that is the way it is because you know what? That's what the athlete in college is doing these days. The athlete also is listening to offers. This is where we are. So we're not criticizing okay, Coach yeah, Norvell. So who do you think of the people on this list right here? Who do you think gets the job or takes the job? Well, <laughs> I really don't know. I I'm, I guess Dion didn't even make the list, huh? He was not rumored. The, not this odd list. Not the on. on no, the, I pushed out. I pushed out a Twitter. Why? He, a, why? But he. But I, I no, don't no, know. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Be. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. I've seen arguments on both sides. If, if his two kids could they transfer, can't. now that's uh, I've seen they it both can't. ways that, that they could and could play, and they I didn't graduate. think they could. No, I just they would have to be graduate transfers. They would have to be graduate well, transfers. I'm just saying I don't rule anything out because I'm you know I'm not some expert on it, but uh, maybe that's why his name's not on there. Uh, I think that would be a difficult thing. But he goes back to Texas where he's very popular. Okay, he coached ball there. And so on and so on. I don't know who the hell it's going to be. I mean, I just, but here's what I did here going around channels, looking at stuff is that, that, um, that a lot of people believe Texas A&M already know who they want and who the person is because they made the move with games remaining. Okay. And they want to get out ahead of these other jobs we've talked about here. There's some very attractive job openings out there. So, but I, I have no clue. I, I would say no just because you didn't give an answer. Uh, I would say Dan Lanning. I deflected, know, didn't I? I deflected. Yeah, you very didn't well. say anything and you deflected. Yeah. Dan Lanning's probably the number one choice, but he said there's zero chance. But once well, again, that's what the rumors in the media okay, is. Lane I, Kiffin. If Lane, Lane Kiffin, Kiffin okay, is can I finish offered, what I was saying? If, you just said nothing for the last five minute. minutes. If let Lane me, let me Kiffin you, is, please. if Lane Kiffin is offered, he would take it in a minute. Why would he be offered? He's an awful coach. He, he literally blamed us. He said his press conference last week when they got destroyed by Georgia was, we don't have enough five-star recruits. Lane, your job is to recruit the best talent to your school. It's on you, he's, brother. He's Texas saying A&M nobody wants to go to Mississippi. Nobody wants to go there. And they still didn't win. It's who you coach. Coach what's on your team. Florida State doesn't have a bunch of five-star recruits. Miami had That's better true. team talent than they did. And they still have beat Miami three times in a row. It's how you coach them. Stop blaming the players and start looking internally at yourself, Lane. I'm tired of him. So, no, I don't think he's the best coach on the list because he's shown he can't coach. I didn't say he was the best coach. I said if offered, he'd go. Absolutely he would go because he'd be like, oh, God, I lucked out on this uh, draw. So I would say Dan Lanning is probably number one on this list. Mike Elko probably makes the most sense because he's coached there and he's done a lot with Duke. Once again, he's done – Mike Elko's done more with less at Duke. Uh, a good example of that. True. Um, and True. then maybe Lance Leopold would be another one. But once and again, you know what? Let, let's look at it from this too, KB. Guys that really want to get into the mega conferences. Let's say the the two SEC and, and Big Ten. 
You know, Alco would take that job. He gets out of the ACC. Lane Kiffin is already in the SEC, so he remains, but he gets a better job than than at Mississippi. I, I think that shit factors in because you got to pay the players now. You must pay the players. You must have a bag there for them to come in. And so it's going to be about that. And if Norvell can't have that support, he will eventually leave. Yeah. He will eventually leave, whether it's this season, next season, or two seasons from now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. See, this, no, put that back up. Put that other one, Panama Jack. Mike Norvell is going anyway. He's enjoying the FSU climb. That's, you know, Panama Jack, when it comes down to money and doing business and what the future looks like, that, that's all just a theme. It's all about relationships over money. That part is true, Panama Jack. I, no, 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 no. I'm it's sorry. Not, all it's about relationships over money. No. It's not it's about re- relationships. It's relationships and money. It's he relationship had, and money. Yeah, it's both those things. Because he was doing the climb at Memphis and then dropped their ass for Florida State. So yeah. Yeah, it's about the climb. Relationships the climb is a money. theme. That's yeah. a motivational theme. Yeah. But it's, it's a business theme. It's a brand. It's, it's, it's a everything. brand. It's okay. But don't forget, it's also about financial security because I, I saw a great quote from an old coach. He said, there's only two types of coaches, KB, those who have been fired and those who will get fired. And these coaches know that. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I agree. So Alco is the best odds for a reason. He's proven he can do more with less and he's coached at tech. Yeah. I think the Texas AM connection, the rally is a good, is, is like I said, is the great, Kind of but they have a new AD him. there. They have a new AD there. So still, and he's done the most with less, like I brought up. I, I think that for him is is showing versus Elaine Kiffin, who seems to do the same. And has a lawsuit with, with against him. <laughs> uh, Lane, Lane Kiffin, I, I I think he would win the lottery if he was at. They they would have to strike out on a lot of play on a lot of coaches for Lane Kiffin to begin the drawing. Okay, players. let me ask you this, KB. What about Urban Meyer? He wants to get back into coaching. No, he does. God, uh, that guy. No. Dude, what do you say? No, he way. doesn't. Yes, he, he does. He takes a heart you attack whenever he has think, a losing season I don't or care. a struggling season. You don't think he would take that job for $20 million to be okay. the highest coach? You keep saying the wrong thing. You're like, yeah, you don't think they would take the job? Any of these guys would take the job. Okay, the well, other way, why are you ruling out an Urban job. Meyer? Why are you ruling out an Urban Meyer to get the program to fired, where they he want? He got thrown out of the NFL for being an awful coach. And okay, in college, right. he had to leave because, okay. of what, he had violations. Let me move he on. Let me a move. heart attack, apparently. Uh, Let me move on. You're challenging his private medical stuff. I have no Look clue. It up. I don't know where you get your stuff. James Franklin, James Franklin. Why isn't he on this list? Because he's one in 14 against top five in top five matchups. He okay. can't win a big game. All right. Decent answer. We already talked about Dion. Mike Elko. Obviously, the guy at, at, at James Madison is not in the running, you know, no. but he could be in the running for another one of these jobs I've already listed. You know, he's done well there. To be fair, FSU is a dream head coaching job compared to Memphis. We wouldn't have taken a job from Memphis for to FSU regardless of money. Of course. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And, and I was of making my can I finish? Uh, yeah, yes. I was making my comparison in Jess. I was saying, you know, he made the climb to Florida State to the top. But right, like you said, Memphis is definitely a stepping stone program. And you know, sure. I, I think the level, the level you know, Florida State and Texas AM are, in my opinion, a level playing field. The only thing that changes that playing field is relationships in terms of leadership relationships, AD president. And in money Wait. and the future. And what is yeah. the future alignment for ACC? Yeah. What is the future? Yeah. And if I didn't feel comfortable with that, you know, yeah. 
so yeah, so I think that wraps it up. We don't see I we get both given a less than five percent chance he actually does anything. That wraps but up do, that topic. Doesn't wrap up our damn yeah, program. I do see him getting more money out of this, which he probably deserves. And I think hopefully he gets some internal clarity on the, on the future of where this they're going with the conference. We won't hear about it, but I think hopefully he'll get some. Let me let me ask any of our viewers or any viewer out there: Wouldn't you leverage this opportunity? Yeah. This is what is called leveraging what you have available. KB, years ago, George Mason lost their coach after he took them to the final final four, right? He jumped yeah. so quick. The guy, a head coach down at Miami now, basketball. He jumped, that, he jumped that stepping stone program at George Mason, and he left quickly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. there are windows of opportunity. But once this again, is that's a different considered. scenario. That's a stepping stone. I, know. I, 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 I get that. I get that. I get that. I get All that. All right. Okay. Next. Next. What are we talking about next, old man? We're what talking we about next is at nine o'clock. The the playoff, the, the playoff committee is going to give their announcement. Yeah. Now, the question I'll ask you is: Does Florida State drop out of the top four? I don't care where they are in the top four. Does it? Could they? fall to five and with Washington barking at their heels. Yeah. So like you said, the, the rankings will, the rankings switch from 7 PM to 9 PM. Maybe the ratings weren't good enough. They want to switch it to prime time, but of course it's all about ratings. Well, I, yeah. So I think it's tough. I could, I said it last week, I said two weeks ago, I thought Florida state had a chance to slip to five uh, and flop with Washington. And then they didn't. They kept them the same. They didn't flop, uh, flip us with Washington. And I was like, okay. And that was that was the Wake Forest game, I think it was. Uh, and then last week, I said, with Pittsburgh, they still didn't flip us again when it was 24 to 7. You know, statistically wise, you know, Pittsburgh wasn't a threat, but it box scored wise. If a committee member's like, who did Florida State play 24 to 7? That's literally, that's, that's closed. That's not the spread. You know, they didn't cover the spread this week. You know, a, a committee member may say, well, that, that's not a great win for Florida State, even though if you looked at the game, Pittsburgh was never a threat in that game. But they didn't swap them again. Florida State still stood, you know, everyone stood in their places. Pittsburgh was still, or Washington is still number five. You go into this week, Miami, close game. I, You know, once again, it was a tough game. You don't cover the spread again, 27 to 20. You know, you don't really, you trail for, what, four or five minutes in that game. The win percent win probability was always above 60%, 65% of that game. So you were never really a you know, when you look at analytics, you were never really a threat of losing that game. You had games. Oh, uh, you know, I was at the game, KB. I was at the game and I felt a little bit more threat than you did watching it on TV. That's I I, 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 I felt concerned. There okay. were people, there were people who were concerned. Their their quarterback was eight for twenty-three. So I, that, I, that's not. I'm just you. saying it was a seven-point game after we are, uh, you know, after we blew the pass coverage and the guy that's exactly you know, got that the, the quick touchdown and put him you. back in the game. So the game was close. The game was well, close. Yeah, the the score would tell you it's close, but the analytics would tell you the plays. You know, there were some broken plays that led it to being close. Yeah, right? You know, that's all excuses and explanations. The damn score was close. And by any other play, it could have been one pass. They could have tied the damn game. Okay. So from a committee standpoint, they're going to be battling that back and forth. Does Washington move up to four? Yes or no? We'll know later. I was building to that before you interrupted me. So uh, I think. Don't get to the point. 
you're the you're the king of not getting to a point. So I think that this is the week that we'll really, really find out whether or not how they respect Florida State, you know, in the how the committee respects Florida State. Because they could say Florida State struggled with a six and three, six and four Miami team at home. They don't give a shit if it's a rivalry game or not, right? They they start uh, I think it factors in a little. You think the committee cares about that shit? Yes, they, they I care do. It's a uh, they have game? to. They have to. They do. So how many points do you give that? What what is the how many points do you give that? Because Florida State didn't cover the spread. You, you should be arguing. You're the one that's arguing. You're arguing it's not. It wasn't. You know, Florida State. Well, I think it does low. factor in. I'm not going to say it's going to make Florida State survive to number four. They could easily drop to five, but I think being in state there that that. That gives them a little bit more of a buffer there. Yeah, that, I'm so, just saying that. Go on. No, so I would say that I this will be we'll find out if they respect Florida State enough and what they've done to win, continue to win, and, and based on the analytics, you look at it either way. But I I think that Florida State will stay at number four, and 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 I won't. I, I think they'll stay at number four. I'll just say that because I, I do right. think. It's hard. I'll, I'll say the stand number four. The only thing, the reason I say that is because it wasn't like Washington went out there. They paid, they played a, uh, they played a ranked team this past weekend, but it wasn't like they went out there and they, you know, demolished somebody by 55 points or something like that. They, they, you know, beat Utah by, they were struggling with Utah. They were trailing Utah, I believe, by a touchdown at halftime. Utah is seven and three. They were seven and two, number 18 team in the country. So that's a We were tied at, we were tied at halftime. Okay, great. And they we have a, the and Miami. They had won a by seven. We won Miami by seven. had a freshman quarterback. But what? So you're you're changing it. So do, does that change what the committee sees? They that was their decision to do that. So I don't. You're making all these factors up. So do they care about? It's a rivalry game. Do they care about? There's a, they're starting a freshman. Like I'm just saying, what, these what are, are all these things the factors. That I'm just saying these are the factors that them. are involved. I'm not changing anything. But Miami I'm had access something. to their junior junior quarterback TVD that they chose not to start. So well, no, he <laughs> the end and helped us win the damn game. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If they start TVD, I think we went by 35 points because that guy throws interceptions every time he, he's available to him. So what I'm saying is both teams won by. Seven points. I don't think Washington did enough to say, okay, we're better than Florida State. Florida State took care of their job. They won on the field. That's all that matters. Stand for. That's all. Okay. I think you make a reasonable argument. I'm just throwing out those those few points there. But you know, it, it, it I think it's razor thin. It's razor thin. UGA Georgia won uh, a, a decent game. Michigan obviously beat Penn State at Penn State without their damn coach on the field. And and there's all kind of uh, distractions for that Michigan team. You can't – why are you shaking your head? There's all kind of distractions for a Michigan team. Okay, it doesn't matter. It's still a distraction. There was was a media sources that said that coaches, head coach being there on game day is a huge factor. They're not a victim. Okay, Ohio State – Ohio State is good. Florida State cannot go any higher than four, and hopefully we will stay at four. But it wouldn't even be an issue if Washington was nine and one, but it is an issue. Yeah. So 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 you're saying we'll we'll stick at four. 
Uh, and we'll stick at four. I'm, 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 I'm good there. anywhere in the top four. <laughs> you should be a top four team tonight. Watch them. They may leave progress next week if they be a ranked Oregon State team. Yeah, I mean, that's the issue with with the, how the schedules have roped out. You know, Washington. Yeah, Oregon State's uh, ranked 10th right now. They're 8-2. Well, their entire schedule. Washington's backloaded with a bunch of yeah, yeah, but you know what? Twenty. It impacts. Teams. It impacts when we're playing Northern Alabama. How much do we have to beat Northern Alabama by? The spread's going to be like 35 or 40, okay? That's what the spread's probably going to be. I haven't looked at it, but I bet that's what it's going to be. So do we have to beat the shit out of them to maintain when you got another team barking at your heels? We're battling now the rest of the way, the Washington team. And Michigan, Ohio State, one of those two is going to lose, okay? If it's close or goes into overtime, they may keep them up there. Okay, so we are battling now Washington and Oregon, probably. That's who those are the dar Dan the the darlings of the committee for whatever reason. I agree with the chat. What they said, uh, you know, and I think everyone agrees with this and what Pamela Jack would say, said everyone needs to cheer for Louisville because we need Louisville to be a top 10 team heading when we play them in the ACC championship. If the scenario happens where Washington is playing Oregon in the in the right. and they're both undefeated, right. you know, and one has a one loss and one's undefeated, you know, that that is Oregon with one loss, Washington is undefeated, you know, that scenario where they could flip flop, and if we're number five and Oregon, you know, Washington's number four and Washington and Oregon's number six or something like that, we need to show that we can beat it. You know, we have Louisville. Hopefully, he's number eight or nine by the time we get to the ACC championship game. We can hopefully beat the hell out of them or beat them, get that quality win at the end, and then and then leapfrog in. Me, so. Yeah, let, you know, and Louisville, who the hell knows what, when that team shows up. Then they get beat by Pittsburgh or, yeah, or Boston. Yeah, they got beat by Pittsburgh or Boston College and whatever. It, you know, any Louisville women would be up there. Yeah, they're, Louisville is right now number, number, number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Nine and one. They have one loss. Yeah. And that was a stupid loss. Because they weren't focused. That, as far as I'm concerned, Florida State's magic number is six. Okay, no, and here, here it is: beat Northern Alabama, big. Okay, big. It, 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 they're going to win the game. It's how big will they win it? Then they play the Gators. That's a scary game. That's down in the swamp. That is an in-state game. I. Big rivalry, as we all know. At 730. That is going to be a big game. So that's playoff game, as far as I'm concerned, number, you know. Then Louisville. Then we got to play Louisville, ACC championship. So those are your next three games, okay? Two of those games are going to be, I think, close, (laughs) being Florida and Louisville. And then if you get through Louisville in the ACC championship, I'm assuming they're going to make it there. Then you got to get into the playoffs, be listed in the top four, and win two playoff games. Yeah, you win you all made, six. Yeah. You win all six. You stand. You win the national championship. Magic number is six, but it won't be easy. It's not going to be an easy journey. I like that you. Yeah, obviously, if you win all six, you win the national championship. <laughs> I'm just laying it out, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's the only scenario where you can win the national championship and you win all six, but I, I get what you're saying. But yeah, I mean, at this point, all you can do is win. You win. I, you know, we could say you, Are win you, saying, you, know, you were just laughing at me there for a minute. 
but, but are you yeah, saying are you so, wait a minute number. you're no. laughing because oh if you went out of course yeah. you, are you saying one of the top four right now could could might have one loss and not be in the playoffs which team do you think could have a one loss in an overtime they get beat by a field goal georgia that could stay in georgia there? you know it so don't say, well, it doesn't matter. No, but I'm saying for us, our, our magic, for yeah, us. if we lose a game, we're not going. Right, to, right. You know, yes. I think the magic number Listen, is three. You need to just make the playoffs. I don't care about winning the national championship. The only just game we just have to beat the hell out of Northern Alabama, run up big points on them, and the rest of the games you can win by a point. Exactly. And just, you'll be fine. Just, yeah. Focus. Do what you need to do on the field. This however, beat however. Florida. This Florida game is going to be a real street brawl because Florida, I believe, they need that game to get to some toilet bowl, right? Uh, they're not the, even bowl. How many right wins now. have they got? Five. They have five wins. They they who play, do they play they this play week? Missouri, who's top fifteen right now. Yeah, and then they play us. Okay. So they wow. most likely will not have six wins until. Okay. Thanksgiving weekend okay. when they play us. Okay, let me roll this up now. Which I think was the scenario last last year too. Yeah, let me roll this up into our future schedule here. Northern Alabama, how big okay. do we win? The wait, Florida, <laughs> Florida and Louisville scare me because I don't see the dominance that everybody else might see. We weren't dominant against Miami. But do you this think Florida's was, such a great team? But I think Florida, I think Florida is a capable team that can beat you on their home field if we don't show up better than what we showed up against Miami this past Saturday night. That's what I think. And I'm being honest with you. I sat there in the 45-yard line and watched it. Florida's okay. And defense. I was concerned the whole night. Okay. okay. Well, I was Miami's concerned. a much uh, Miami's a more talented team than Florida is. I, I think most would agree with that. Florida doesn't play any defense. They, I think, they're ranked last and giving up the most big. What plays do you think of their quarterback? Can he make plays? He can throw the football more than Miami's can. That's that's definitely true. But I don't think they have any defense, which I think we have <laughs> bigger playmakers than that. Well, you know what? The, I am not totally players. sold. Uh, you know, people may criticize it. I don't give a damn. I'm giving you what my thoughts are. I am not totally sold on our offensive line, which was just nominated for some one of the best offensive lines in the country in whatever that nomination thing was. Okay, I'm not here to criticize, to anger people. I'm here to say there were – Jordan Travis was on the run a lot. Okay, and I know Miami has a good defensive front. It may be the best defensive front we've played all year. They had him on the run all night. All right. He had like 30 yards in losses on the night. Okay. His legs were not affected yeah, in that but game. But sometimes Jordan has to throw he the didn't ball even, away. I don't know if he's not like using his legs or his, he's not seeing it. But our offensive line looked harassed all night. So in no way do I call that a dominant offensive line. It gives me concerns moving forward. Sometimes Jordan needs to throw the ball away too. Uh, he he the safety he, he 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 it's like he doesn't he doesn't have some awareness on what's coming around him. But uh, okay, you know, that that's my I, statement on where we're going here. Yeah, I, I I don't know if we have one of the top ten lines in the country. Yeah, I, I don't. I, it doesn't look like that at times. Um, I think it's an average, average plus line. Yeah, that's I, what I, I think it I, is. I, 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 yeah, our I running game, our running game has has been inconsistent uh, uh, this uh, this season. 
it, I don't think it's been dominant. You know? Yeah. I, chat, do you guys think, anyone in the chat, do you guys think we have one of the top 10 lines in the country right now, like compared to Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan? I don't see it. And, but I, you know, that's just me watching from my couch and seeing the, the pressure and the sometimes the lack of holes for Trey and the team. And if you guys think we're, yeah, if you viewers think we're wrong, tell us, put your comments up there. We're not here to just beat up Florida State. Nobody, nobody in this place has been around Florida State longer than I have. Okay. Nobody. I've but been I, I listening to games on a transistor radio in the 60s. Okay, and have followed this team since then. So I, I will say a few things that I feel. Okay, if you want hugs and kisses, turn the damn channel and go somewhere else. That's I okay. Think the, I think on the flip side, though, I think Florida State does have. I think they made a leap this year in terms of defensive line. I think that you know there was. It was, was concerning. A, wait, what? The line was concerning. I said defensive line. No, I'm talking about the offensive. Yeah, line. that's what I was saying. I think the defensive line this year has played a lot better than last. Yes, I, think that I agree. This year. I totally agree. And the adjustments that Adam Fuller has made on the defensive side was key last week in terms of the linebackers were a little bit out of position against Miami in the first half in terms of collapsing in the middle. Cheney would just bounce outside and get big runs, but then they adjusted. The line shut down the middle, and the linebackers didn't over pursue, and, and they shut down the run game in the second half. They Miami couldn't run, so I think the defensive line has played. Pretty, pretty good. The defense on the whole has played pretty well. It's like some, you know, dumb plays that have, you know, big plays. Well, we started, KB, in the second half, we started to go to a 4-3, bringing in an extra linebacker to shut down that run and playing our D-backs more out on an island. But so that issue, helped shut down the run, too. The issue in the first half was the linebackers were, were shutting into the holes in the middle and Cheney would just bounce outside. There was no one to contain on the outside. They were just right. over And he could outrun them. He could outrun them. Now, when I talked about our offensive line, I was very disappointed in the third down efficiency we had on offense. Three of 12. Is that a dominant offensive line when you're three of 12? And constantly, KB, I would see we were in third and eight, third and 12, third and 15. You know, it was a constant, this William. same thing we've seen, these long third down plays, which you're forced into a pass and they know it and they blitz people and he's running around. Well, the line cannot handle that. I agree with William. It's not just on the offensive line. It's something that's on the play calling. The play calling on second and third down, some of these drives has been atrocious in terms of, and I said during the, the live reaction, I thought some of the play calling doesn't put our skill position players in the right positions to make plays. Like you're trying to overcomplicate things or you're, you only need seven yards. You got you have guys down the field, 15 to 20 yards. And, and then it, you know, you have Jordan Travis dropping back five to 10 yards for a, it, it, some of the play calls are just, as William said, we've gone away from pound the rock when the opportunities are present. And some of the play calling has been bad at many points during the season. There has been some, some very questionable play calls. Let's think, talk about play call KB. You just brought it up. We've talked about before. Who the hell is calling the play? Mike Norvell. Yeah. It's Mike Norvell. That's the indication I got from his press conference the other day. I need to, he said this, quote, I need to call better plays. He's he calling the play. It's not Alex Atkins. Alex Atkins is a, is a five-day-a-week offensive coordinator with the run game in his line. He is not calling plays. He is not your prototypical uh, offensive coordinator sitting up in the up in the stance he's not into that he's not into that loop 
there's a guy up there helping Norvell, what they're seeing, and Norvell's calling the damn plays. Yeah. That's how this works. And I got to agree, too. And I and I think we said in the preview show, too. We said right pointed out. Miami ha- has a very they good do. offensive line. Like they, they and, need and the I best think, we faced. Yeah, and I and I think that for for considering that and the players that they have on the defensive line, I think it wasn't like Jordan Travis couldn't get back there and make a throw, and it, and it wasn't like Jordan or Trey Benson couldn't break big runs stuff like that. It wasn't perfect, but it wasn't bad either. It was just some of the plays they just broke down. You know, when they brought an extra man, they blitz a guy. You know, a couple of plays are coming to my mind, but it just broke down totally. But I think there was a lot of good from that game, considering that was one of the best defensive lines you may face all year. So in the play, in terms of talent, raw talent too, because you have to remember. When you look at overall team talent, you look at stars, the talent they brought. Miami is still the more talented team on paper. And I know that paper is one thing, and it's how you coach that talent. And that's why Florida State is where it is, and that's why Miami is where it is, because of how you coach and develop what you have. But on paper, Miami still has composite, a more talented roster than Florida State. And that's changing with the high school recruits that this team is now bringing in. But that's important to remember. Now, let me tell you what else I liked about what we did. First of all, yeah, well, we had seven punts in the game, and Max did great punting the ball. Okay, and he's also been nominated now. He's been nominated for the uh, Ray Guy yeah. Award, and he yeah, did he a, a wonderful job. He put the ball out. Uh, you know, he had seven punts. I'd say three of them went out inside the five ten yard line. I mean, it was great. He did a great job with that. Uh, uh, that 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 helped flip that field and kept Miami having to make long drives. It was very unfortunate when we gave up that pass where the guy went 80 yards at the end of the game, or we might have closed it out. Okay, yeah. now hang on for a minute. Yeah, he he he's been wonderful. Here's yeah. another good thing: we only had three penalties for 35 yards. I had to look at that. I had to look at that. I said that's championship football. That's championship football. One of them yeah. was a big 15-yarder, and we had to go first and 25, and I don't think we got there, and we had to punt the ball away. Yeah. We had one takeaway, which was the final interception, the final interception from TVK uh, from uh, uh, Van Dyke, and that ended the game because we had a great rush on him. We had a great rush. Great he was moving play. to his right, and he threw the ball where he shouldn't have. Yeah. Okay? It was great pursuit on that play. Okay. And so that was good, and we didn't turn the ball over. We didn't turn the ball over. Our defense played very, very well in that game. Yes, and, uh, and they have the all year. Like they, they. I think the most underrated part of this team this year is Adam Fuller's adjustments at halftime. Because there has been times where in the first half, you're like, I, I don't, you know, it looks like the, you know, things may be shifting a little bit, but out of halftime, the defense really shuts teams down. All year they've done it. Like they may have given up some plays here and there in the first half of the hour. Offenses have moved against them or look like they bend, they don't break. In the second half, they really do adjust very well into in terms of what teams are doing against them well, and they shut it down. And you saw that at the maximum level. Miami only crossed the 50-yard line in the second half twice. One was on the onside kick that they recovered at Florida State, which I don't think that's a – in the moment, I was like, what the hell are we doing? Why did we call an onside kick here? Yeah, it, it wasn't was, a it, bad call. It was a it perfectly wasn't. executed play. Yeah, it was. It, the, the players have to make the play. It was perfectly executed. Right. And if you get that, that's a that's a huge shift right. in momentum because I think you probably go down there and score at least three points. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the one time they shifted and they got three points off that. They crossed the 50. And the other one was the broken play. 
where uh, Kevin Knowles makes a horrible play on the ball. He just yeah, that was unbelievable. He just forgets how to play. We football had two defensive backs here, and it was like, well, no, he he's he's got to make he's got to play the ball. He's he just was avoiding contact for some. But that's the only two plays that they crossed the fifty. It was total dominance in the second half. Yeah. So you know, that is the point. They made adjustments. They stopped the run, which was gashing them in the first half. No more running was allowed. And then that obscure play where the quarterback looked like he closed his eyes and threw it into double coverage, and they score. I mean, that's just a bad personnel move. That wasn't on coaching staff. That was just a bad play by a player. Right? You know what? So- there was there was another key play, which I don't think has gotten much press time, and that is Miami had a very important third down and I don't know, eight or something like that. And it was either, I think it was late in the third quarter, maybe the fourth. And, and they, and the freshman quarterback went up through this pass, a bullet and hit the referee. You remember that hit the referee right in the chest. You know, the guy couldn't get out of the way. That was a huge third down defensive play by the ref because they had to kick the ball away. That killed that drive there, a potential drive. And you can't lose possessions like that. And it did. And that was a huge play, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. But once again, he was one for nine the first second half, minus three yards at one, uh, like I think deep into into the fourth quarter that was. He was one for nine with eight minutes left before he got hurt. One for nine, neg- negative three yards. They, they, they just, like I said, this defense made great adjustments. They got pressure onto him. They made his life uncomfortable. And I think to your point, Outside of that one big play, like there was nothing. And I think I, I think that's the thing that frustrated me most about the Miami game is that when the defense shut down Miami, the the offense couldn't get on the field and score one more time. They couldn't just put them up by 34 right. and close it out. Make it right. 34 to 13 right. and just they kill their the big play. Put their foot, put your foot on their throat and end the game. That's what I wanted to see Jordan Travis and the offense come out and do is just go out, score one more time, put it out of reach. And end it, and that's that's the thing that I left. That was kind of like the sour taste in my mouth because, like I said, there was a lot of second half dominance. But that offense, when they had chances to basically close the game out and say we're done, we're going to go up by twenty one points, close this thing out, they couldn't do it. They couldn't put it out of reach, and then you give up the fluke play, and now it's seven points again. That's the thing that disappointed me. You it, and I think a lot. It's why is there not play calls that are just they could have just went down the field on Keon Combe? I felt like like I, I don't know. That that's the thing I first. Hey, the, the last thing I have, the last thing I have is one. It was a great crowd there. It was a very exciting atmosphere. Yeah, everything was perfect. We have to remember now. This is the seniors' last game this Saturday. I know the opponent, but you could get in for like 10 bucks. Okay. If you're in the area, go to the game. It's 10 bucks to get in. Go on the, 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 the resellers. You'll get in for $10. Okay. And go have a great time. It'll be the last home game for Jordan Travis, yeah. Trey Benson, Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, and, and Jared Verse. Okay. Yeah. So that's something. The last thing I have to yeah, say, like again, and those, yeah, Deloach, Deloach, all these guys, I'm missing some names and I apologize. The last thing, and it's, you know, it goes with the points I've been screaming about the whole season. Our media, and if you have the clip, do you have the clip that I sent you? Okay. Yeah, I, have it. I want this clip played 
It was a question asked to Norvell today after today's practice, and it just irritated me to, again, a softball question, which he even was. Let's see his reaction to this. Oh, wait. Okay. Sorry. Let me, uh, let me do you the tell other. me when you get it ready, yeah, 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 yeah. but he was even annoyed by the question. We there have to ask better questions to these coaches around the country and some media do it better than others. All right, here we go. And I think it's, uh, you're seeing that progression and we're ready to take another step. I feel like you're a little bit superstitious. You're going to let us talk to your staff, or I feel like, uh, I guess how what? I mean, is this from the people? No, this is just an observation. It feels like you, you talked about when people don't know the name of your long. Story. Run it back again. Run because that's the whole thing. We're asking questions about the long snapper who does an excellent right, job, right. and he's asking Norvell, "Are you superstitious?" And he almost whispers it to him. And this is, I, I, this is, I, I believe it's Aslan from Warchant. Come on, guys. <laughs> the face. That's yeah. a gift. Someone needs to make that a gift. Just it's like yeah, yeah, oh, I, we gotta keep that clip. Uh, I just have what? <laughs> what? What? Is this from the people? Yeah. This is from the people. Yeah. <laughs> Run it one more time. Full out. Full okay. out. Take it all the way back. Just to where we stick. So what? their volume is so, so bad. Here we go. Yeah, you're a little bit superstitious. You're going to let us talk to your staff, right? I feel like. Uh, I guess I have what? I mean, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, shut it down. I, I, I've been screaming about this whole season. I know KB's tired of me screaming it. Ask relevant questions that your viewers want to know. Okay? Your viewers are paying money for inside information, for good questions. He he, he whispered the question, uh, I, I know you're kind of superstitious, which got Norvell like, what the hell are you talking about? And then a question about the, the long snapper, Rosenberg, it annoyed him. And you know what it told me? It told me a second thing. Mike Norvell, as calm as he appears, is a little bit under pressure now. He knows that the dream season is 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 on the way is 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 working but he's got some big big hurdles to jump and he's doing a magnificent job and he was totally annoyed but by a stupid question stupidity and and it's blown up on twitter uh, about what are these guys asking well, that was kind of funny well, that was kind of funny do you think norvell thought it was funny no, but you don't get that reaction normally from Norvell. So well, I, think great. I think he got the job done. You'll never see that reaction again. So we need to archive that. <laughs> that's what I got. That's all I got. Yeah, so I think that's about it. The rankings, like we said, will are going on right now. So we'll figure out what the college football committee is saying. Uh, I thought I was hoping that they would drop them right away. But are they out already? They Can you pull dropped. it up? No, they, uh, they'll, of course, wait 25 minutes. To yeah, and commercials and all that shit. Hey, let me say this, too, before we go about commercials. Oh, when you God. go to a game, oh, my God, 
I don't even know why teams need timeouts. So they'll have a commercial break for three minutes. They'll come back out, and then a guy, well, oh, timeout. We didn't like the alignment. And then you go back. <laughs> it's unbelievable how long these TV commercials are. But guess what? That's what drives college football now. TV ad revenue. Well, that's why Florida State wants to leave the ACC, just for that reason, because of the revenue. So, all right, that'll do. Oh, I guess the last thing we do, since we typically do it, is, uh, are, well, are we going to do a preview show for, uh, I don't think we're going to do a preview show for uh, North, North Alabama. Alabama. Probably not. We'll do other breaking news. We'll, we'll do a breaking news show if, if, we, if something comes up. If right. something comes up, we'll do that. We're not going to preview Northern Alabama. Nobody cares. We're not going to, well, this guy's good. This guy's pretty good. I will say this, and I pushed it out on Twitter, KB. Get focused. Do your business. Let's not have another Jacksonville State. Let's That's not have not another happen. Jacksonville State. Well, what the, the goal here is to beat them by at least 40, 45. And I think points. this team has shown it's capable when you see Syracuse. Like you, you, this team is more than capable of doing that if they play right. the right way. And what is the goal of Northern Alabama? Complete the game. Knock it, get, knock it get hurt your, and get the paycheck. Get your paycheck and get the hell out of Dodge. And our goal is to get points quickly in the first half, get our starters out by the middle of the third quarter without any injuries. That yeah. is the key because the rest of it is purely playoff game after playoff game after as far as I'm concerned. Yep. You're and, then, and then you get to watch, make sure Louisville wins. Check in on Michigan, see if they uh, yeah. if they uh, pull that game out, which they should. Yeah, and then uh, you got Tennessee, Georgia, which will be a good game. And then uh, that's about that's who's really Oregon it. playing? Who's Oregon playing? They're playing Arizona State, which is yeah, okay. that won't be very good. So who's, who's Coach Dion playing? Who's and then this playing? game? This this I, I don't think this will be minus uh, minus two. I think Washington will take care of this. I, I think Oregon State's very overrated. I don't well, think no, uh, Washington struggled a little bit, but yeah, that they, but uh, yeah, so that'll be a nice uh, end game there, but not a ton of great matchups this weekend. Um, but well, if we do our Thursday show, we'll do our picks then. Um, but obviously you want to be rooting for Louisville because they're playing well one there because they're playing Miami Two, You want them to be on the, you know, one loss, keep out one loss to bump that rating up to, uh, I think there are some polls number nine. This says eleven. But number nine. No, okay. the AP. The AP. I checked it a little while ago. They yeah. have that number. Is it, this uh, must be the CBS poll, or or maybe it's the. I forget. I don't know what the, what poll. No, the AP. Is. The AP has has uh, Louisville at number nine at nine and one. By the way, by the way, James Madison is at number 18. They're 10 and 0, okay? Obviously, they're not going to make the playoffs for a variety of reasons. And Liberty is 10 and 0 at number 25. There you go. There you go. Um yeah, so that's then we'll do it for us. Uh let us know. Thanks again for the comments, questions, thoughts. Uh we'll find out whether or not where Florida State lands and uh that may also be the topic of our next conversation is uh if, if Florida State's out of the top five or out of the top four, then there'll be a lot of shows discussing that and, and what the implications of that mean. So yeah, we'll 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 do definitely do a show so, after so, that because that's huge. So that's stay huge. tuned for that. Uh, but let us know in the comments what you think will happen, where Florida State will end up. We appreciate you as always coming by, giving your comments, giving your questions, and just stopping by and hanging out with us. So uh, look out for the next announcement. Follow us on Twitter. Follow the old man. He tweets a lot. So if you like uh, his thoughts or you just want to yell at him, 
Follow us yeah. on Twitter. Uh, and then be sure to like the show. We appreciate the support, y'all. We will see you either on Thursday or on Saturday. Or whenever. Or whenever. Teams yeah. <laughs> to go. So uh, thank you all, guys. Y'all have a great rest of your week. Have a great Tuesday night. Have a great Wednesday. And we will see you on Saturday. Go Knowles. See you soon. Take care, y'all.